When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, the New York Rangers take on the Boston Bruins at Madison Square Garden. The Rangers are plus 100 on the money line, while the Boston Bruins are minus 120. The goal total is set to 5.5, with over 5.5 being at minus 120 and under 5.5 at plus 100. The Rangers are also the underdogs at plus 1.5 at minus 258, and the Bruins are favored by 1.5 goals at plus 210. Download the app now and use code ICTPOD. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code ICTPOD only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I am your host, Joey DeMeglio, and today I'm joined by one of the Rangers beat reporters to discuss the team's road trip before returning home after Thanksgiving. Molly Walker, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being on. I know, uh, you know, we talked about the, uh, the travel issues uh, <laughs> that you reporters seem to go through all the time. I don't know about Vince. It, I never hear any issues with him, but you and he's Colin. Had, he's had his fair share, but yeah, I think Colin and I are, are on a majority of the trips or, you know, do a majority of, of the long trips. Um, so, you know, like Colin said the other day, when you fly as much as we do, it just kind of, it's bound to happen. It's part of the yeah, gig. So true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, anyways, I wanted to start by asking you about your journalism career like how did you get into covering the rangers and like covering hockey was hockey like always your favorite sport or was it more just sports in general yeah i I was always always a big sports fan and i was an athlete growing up it's one of my favorite things in the world Um, and the only other thing i was really good at was writing so kind of when i figured out that uh, you could put two and two together and make a career out of it it was uh, probably late high school when I realized what sports journalism was and that, you know, journalism was a degree you could get um, in college. Um, that was a, a pretty easy decision for me to make. And I love writing. I love telling stories. I took a lot of creative writing classes in high school, um, won some awards, which told me that I was decent at it. So uh, was a pretty easy path for me to follow. And um, the summer going into my 
senior year at UMass, I landed an internship with the Post and I absolutely fell in love with it. My editor told me that before I started, I was going to find out whether or not I really wanted to do this for a living because it's definitely a, a different kind of lifestyle, working weekends and and things of that nature. So it, it was a pretty good test run for, for what I was going to experience as a full-time employee. And the New York Post was the only place that I wanted to work. And I was very fortunate that they had an opening for me as soon as I graduated. And mm -hmm. I started as a general assignment sports reporter and I covered all of the other New York sports teams, which was so much fun. Loved getting to know to all the other sports beats and the other reporters on, on those beats as well. So now in the summer when I do help out on the other sports, it's like I do my say hello tour in the summer to all the people I used to work with on a daily basis. So it's a lot of fun. I absolutely love it. That's awesome. So your athletic career kind of chipped <laughs> in for that too, right? Like what, yeah. sport did you, what sport did you play? Um, surprisingly, I was a, a basketball girl oh, <laughs> at, very at nice. five foot three. Um, <laughs> so that was a, a pretty quick re realization that I was not going to go to college uh, for basketball. Um, but I absolutely loved it. My favorite sport for sure. And I also played soccer and softball and volleyball. Anything that I could was my favorite. So wow, that's a lot of sports. Yeah, yeah but that that all contributes to you know your understanding of it because yeah, a lot of the stuff sure. is is similar. Like even though the there's the rules for each of the sports are different, like the objective is kind of the same. You know, like the mental side of it. You know, getting to know that being an athlete yourself. Um, that probably really contributes to how you're able to do your work as a journalist. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that with hockey, because of the fact that I had never played it, I was so fascinated by it. And I thought that it was just such a unique sport, thinking about all the other sports that I had played and how much endurance and strength and skills that it takes. And then throw that all together, playing on ice and on a little blade I thought was just uh, very fascinating and it quickly became mm -hmm. my favorite sport around eighth grade. Um, and I've just been in love with it ever since. Mm -hmm. So you work for the New York Post. Do you work with Larry Brooks too? Like you do yeah. assignments with him? Yes, yes. Larry has and I. Take, has he <laughs> taken you under his wing and, and taught you some cool things? Because he's a, yeah. like a Hall of Fame writer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Larry and I spend a lot of time together, maybe even more than he would like, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We, we, we enjoy spending as much time together as we do. And I try to be a sponge around him as much as I can and, and learn everything that he tells me and teaches me because he is one of the best to ever do it. So I consider myself to be extremely lucky that I get to learn from him on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. I always remember even when I was a teenager reading his, his stuff, I'd always, he'd always get a reaction out of me, whether it was a good one or a bad one, but that's how you got to do it. Like when you're writing, that's what you, that's what you're, you're aiming for, especially in sports and stuff, but yeah, know, absolutely. He's covered, he's covered the team for so long. So he knows, he knows so much, but I mean, what are your thoughts so far this year for the team, you know, under coach Laviolette? Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a fun year so far. It's, it's, Still early days, obviously. So, but it's also kind of difficult not to get excited at you know how they've started, how they've looked in certain games, um, especially just the response to Peter Laviolette. I think has been can't be understated enough. 
um, or overstated enough, I guess I should say. It's It's been really fun to watch them adapt to his style of coaching and the way that he runs practices and the way that he wants his system to be run. Um, I think that they've really bought into it and it's definitely unfolding on the ice. And I think that it's, it's still so early and, you know, it's, it's difficult not to get wrapped up in all the success, but I genuinely believe that this is just the start for this Rangers team. And the longer that they play and compete under Peter Laviolette, the better off they'll be. So I think that this is just the start for them and we could be seeing really great things for them this season. I know that hockey guys are usually pretty good with the media, but how would you compare, you know, the, the team, most of the team stayed the same from last season to this season, but how would you compare the players when you're speaking to them this season to how they were with the land last season? Like, is there an attitude change? Do they sound different or is it still, is it like a lot of the same, same stuff? I don't even know if it's an attitude change. I more so go back to last season was our first year back in the locker room after COVID. So I think that that was a little bit of a shock, especially to players like Keandre Miller, Alexi Lafreniere, who had never dealt with the media in the locker room um, because they came in during those COVID seasons. Uh, but I think that now they're used to having us around. They're used to the day-to-day -day grind of dealing with the media, and especially for you know guys like Colin and I, who cover the team differently than a lot of other media outlets. We're still the old-school newspaper ways, so we've got a lot of space to fill. Um, and sometimes it gets a little bit monotonous, you know, asking the same questions over and over again. But we, we've got four stories to write a day sometimes, Oof. so uh, it's it's just kind of part of part of the gig. And I think that a lot of the guys in that room who didn't necessarily, you know, what know what it was going to be like are much more familiar now. But um, in terms of the transition from from Gallant to Laviolette, uh, I think that it's it's definitely you know, just a breath of fresh air, which it, it was the same thing for Gallant when he came in uh, after David Quinn. So I think that I think that they've really taken to the way that LaViolette has run things and are really, you know, just have just become big believers in what he's trying to instill here in New York. So um, it's been a it's been a really fun thing to watch unfold. And the Rangers have provided not a shortage of content. There's a lot to yeah. talk about with them, you know, four stories a day. You could, I think you could pretty easily do. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, one thing that's on the minds of a lot of Rangers fans is what's going on with Adam Fox and Filipino. What's like the status on their injuries? So we know Fox is on LTIR and he's eligible to come off, I believe, after Thanksgiving, 28th or 29th. 29th. Um, 29th. There it is. Um, but how are they progressing? What's going on with Filipino? Yeah, well, I guess we'll start with the more positive one, and then and that's Adam Fox. Um, he's been skating. He's back on the ice with the team, albeit in a in a red non contract jersey. But the fact that he he's on this trip right now uh, with the team, and that's not just a camaraderie thing. It's not just because they want him around for the company. He's actually skating with the team um, and ramping his game back up, which really does bode well for his return on the 29th against Detroit, which is his projected return date. Um, I think that he's trending in the right direction. He still looks a little ginger on the ice, but you know, that's going to come with 
with skating in a red non-contact jersey and, you know, coming off of that knee-on-knee collision. So, um, but that's definitely a really positive sign for the Rangers. Uh, on the flip side of it, Philip Heedle is on injured reserve and he was eligible to come off uh, the Columbus game, but he hasn't even resumed skating yet. So that's probably more of where the concern is right now. Um, it's, it's unclear exactly what's ailing him, but we know that he's had concussion issues in the past, um, many of them. So if it is in fact a concussion, it is extremely concerning just for him as a human being. Obviously with what we know about concussions, it's never you know beneficial to have that many. So in such a short amount of time at that point, it, it becomes a long-term health concern. So it's just, it's, not looking too great, but hopefully it's it's not, you know, what everybody is fearing and, you know, he's able to come back at full strength, but I don't expect it to be for some time, especially because of the fact that he hasn't even sniffed the ice yet. Mm -hmm. Usually, I know the, the teams are pretty hush-hush about injuries. They'll just designate upper body, lower body, but I feel like with a lot of players, they'll usually tell you whether it's a concussion or not. So how come it's not like that in this scenario well we're not allowed to talk to any of the players that are on long-term injured injured reserve or or injured or just regular ir um that's just kind of a, a league policy uh that they maintain so obviously when Heedle does get back that will be something that a question that is definitely posed to him um as well as fox uh, exactly what it is i think we can I'll assume that it, it is a knee injury just because of the of the nature of the hit that he sustained mm -hmm. the injury on. Um, but yeah, those are questions that'll come once we are able to speak to them um, in the media. Got it. So the Rangers have played pretty well without those guys. Sometimes it looks like they're not even missing Fox mm -hmm. or, or Heedle. Like Gustafson is filled in pretty well and the game against the Devils, it looked like, you know, the range. I thought the Rangers were the better team for a good part of that game, but then they lost the lead and uh, the Devils took the lead in the, the start of the third period. And then I think about 10 minutes through, then the Rangers really started to take over. So what were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, that? it was it was a big game. Um, obviously, just the implications of playing the team that knocked them out in the playoffs the season before. Uh, there's always going to be a little extra something to that kind of matchup. And I think that the Rangers answered the call in that regard. It's it's never going to be an easy matchup with the Devils. I actually think that the Devils are one of the tougher matchups um, that the Rangers have in the entire league. That being said, uh, the Devils were uh, also depleted. Uh, they didn't have Heischer, um that day. So it's it was it was, you know, Almost a little bit even strength, though, because of the Rangers missing Heedle and Fox as well. Um, but I think it was, a, it was a good game. It was a good win. Um, and it's always telling to see how a team answers the call against a, a big, in a big game like that. So uh, I think it was definitely a good sign for them. Mm -hmm. And then moving over to the next game against the Stars, where the Rangers had a pretty good first period, solid second period, went into the third period with a 2-1 lead before they lost the lead and then lost the game. Uh, what changed in that third period in that Dallas game? What did you see uh, being there at, at, uh, at, the, at the game? Uh, I think that, 
I think that they lost that game in the neutral zone. Um, I think that once they started to unravel in their structure, particularly in the neutral zone, um, the the game also unraveled for them. And whether it was the Rangers losing their structure structure or the Dallas Stars kind of figuring out a better way to navigate it, um, probably a little bit of both, uh, it, it just it just unraveled pretty, pretty quickly for them. And the Rangers, this team in particular has just, they've had these games throughout the last few seasons where they just have a really bad period. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just, it just kind of happens and it happens to a lot of teams, but the Rangers in particular will sometimes just have um, an absolute dud of 20 minutes. And sometimes, you know, it's, they they had they have been such a good third period team this season, so um, it it was a little bit uh, surprising in that regard. But I think that this is it's just been a trait of this Rangers team uh, for some time now, and I think that that's just kind of what we saw in the third period. And and you got to also take into consideration how many games they've played on the road so far this season, um, which I also also think it was just a bit of a byproduct um, of them being a little tired too. Mm-hmm. So. It happens, and you know it was only their it was their third regulation loss of the season, their first in over a month. So it's really difficult to harp yeah, on it when great. that's yeah. the kind of stats you, that you've got under your belt. Um, but that being said, they were not. You know, it, it, it. I didn't get the sense of like, oh, it's fine, just move on. They took it as a learning experience for sure, and it's something that I'm sure that they analyzed the day after. Um, cause that's just, especially for a guy like Peter Laviolette, that's not, that does not meet his expectations. Uh-huh. So, that's, yeah, that's crazy to think it's been over a month since that yeah. Nashville game where they won yeah. regulation. I didn't even realize that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time that happened, like watching the range. I've been watching for, um, what is it? Like almost 13 years now. So like that, I have never. I don't I can't recall the last time that's happened. Like maybe the 14-15 Rangers. Oh, this is their best start in franchise yeah. history. Yeah. So, you know, that that's kind of all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So things have been pretty good for them. So like that loss to Dallas, it was more on the team itself rather than the referees. So right? yeah. I mean I, you believe look. that like those that conspiracy, like like what's the deal with the Rangers? I saw the article from from Larry yeah. uh, last night, you know, going through each of the calls that have gone against the Rangers. But it just seems like a lot of them, the Rangers end up being on the short end of the stick. Like Lindgren, the five-minute Rangers against him have been reduced twice in two games. Cooley had two goals this season called off. The Jack Hughes goal counted. Um, Like, what do you – do you just think that's just coincidence or, um, like, just – like you don't believe in the conspiracy do you? <laughs> no i don't believe in the conspiracy especially because if you do read that article from larry it is a, a kind of balanced you know like they've had calls go their way they have calls not go their way but i think it's i think it more so says something about the nhl officiating as a whole there's just no consistency no you know precedent it's just it does very much so feel on the fly and you know a little making up as you go along kind of so and I think that that's just been a trait of the NHL officiating for a couple of seasons now um longer than a couple of seasons years I would mm-hmm. go as far to say so I think that it's it more so is is telling about the NHL officiating as a whole rather than any sort of personal vendetta that 
the league office in Toronto has against the Rangers, which I know a lot of people like to bring up the infamous Rangers letter to George Paros, you know, after the whole Artemi Panarin, Tom Wilson incident, um, which, you know, we can't sit here and say that everybody's just forgotten about that because that was soap opera. Like, you know, it was, it was crazy. So that's obviously not something you just forget, but do I think that it's a, a personal attack on the Rangers? No, I just think it's the inconsistencies in the way that the NHL calls their games. And that's a bigger discussion for another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a couple more things before we wrap it up. Uh, what do you look for in tonight's matchup against the Penguins? First time the Rangers are seeing Eric Carlson as a member of the Penguins. Yeah, I think that there's always going to be a little bit of a, you know, same thing with the Devils, going to be a little bit of an extra something to this matchup just after their first round riveting seven game series that they had two seasons ago. Uh, You know, those are the types of series and games that rivalries are built on. But that being said, the Penguins are even more hurt than the Rangers are. They're missing a bunch of key guys tonight. They're going to have like three or four guys out of the lineup. Um, two top wingers, a third pair D-man. Um, so I think that the Rangers need to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, you got a an ailing Pittsburgh team, you got to strike while you can. So um, that's what I'm looking for the Rangers to do is just, you know, not not take it for granted and take advantage of the fact that they're playing a, uh, a laboring Pittsburgh team. Mm-hmm. And based on Laviolette's responses after every single post game, it always seems like he really wants, especially after losses, so few that they've had this year. It's, you know, let's get back into the win column. Like, let's tighten stuff up and get back into the win column. We lost one. OK, come back with a better effort and win this game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. He's definitely a turn the page, you know, kind of coach. And they do a lot of video work is what okay. I've noticed. Um, they were off the ice uh, yesterday. So I think that they probably did a lot of video review of that Dallas game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tighten things up. And the last thing, um, this has become a staple on the show. We have the ice cold take segment. So here it is here. Uh, Molly, what an ice cold take is. I'm going to read the definition for everybody listening at home, watching on YouTube or on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Ice cold take is an accurate statement backed by facts and observations that is solid in nature, similar to a block of ice, i.e. spot on claim. So what you have to do is you have to make a bold prediction about the Rangers. Um, Either it doesn't have to be in this game. It could be for the rest of the season, something you think is going to happen. And you got to see if it stands the test of time. This might be a bit of a safe one, but I'm still going to go with it anyway. Artemi Panarin cracks 100 points this season. Okay. I like it. I like it. That's a sa- yeah, it is a safe one. Yeah, it's I agree. It's safe, but you know what? It, it's still bold. So yeah. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, it, it is bold because he's never cracked 100 with, yeah. in his career, I don't think even. Um, but with the Rangers, it's, you know, he's kind of – it's almost like he's gotten screwed a couple times because the first year he's with the Rangers, the season got cut short. This uh, the next year he had half of a season pretty much because of the the lockout short in year, the COVID short in year, and then you know uh, a couple ninety point seasons like no big deal. But I mean, <laughs> this this year he's off to a great start with yeah. uh, with the Rangers. Um, sure. Well, yeah. Uh, anyways, Molly, thanks so much for doing this with me. I know. 
you know, you guys are busy doing stuff with, uh, you know, reporting. I know, I understand. I'm in school myself for journalism. So we really appreciate all the work you do. I know people give you, give you and Vince and Colin, like a lot of flack online, just, you know, just from one fan and an, up, uh, an aspiring journalist to another, just, you know, ignore those people, please. Uh, and just keep doing whatever you're doing. I think you're doing a great job. Thanks so much, Jerry. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.